0: Are you a lawyer who desires more freedom and flexibility in your work life? To be more available for your family, stop deferring those bucket list travel destinations until retirement, take care of yourself physically and mentally, or even just have more time for your other passions and priorities. What would it mean for your life if you could continue to practice law without sacrificing in any of these areas or sacrificing your income? I'm Kaylee Giacome, host of the Lawyer on Your Terms podcast. I run a six-figure virtual law practice, working less than 25 hours a week. I'm a mom of two little ones and started my practice so I wouldn't have to choose between my vision of motherhood and my legal career. Your dreams and priorities may be different, but if you're curious about how to create a practice that is designed around your most important priorities in life, rather than always having to fit your life around your career, then you're in the right place. You, my friend, are more than just a lawyer and you can lawyer on your own terms. Welcome to the Lawyer on Your Terms podcast. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Lawyer on Your Terms. Wherever you are listening to this episode from, I hope you're having a great day. I am snuggled up on the couch in front of a fire in our living room, just put the kids to bed, and my husband is out in his workshop working and i'm just cozied up here with my coffee ready to talk to you about a very important topic and that is things that your firm's website must do so it really spans the gamut from some people totally DIY their website with a free template and a you know inexpensive platform and then other people spend and sometimes more building out a website and everything in between. But regardless of which route you take, I want to talk about four things that your website must do to convert prospective clients, people who come visit your website, into retainer clients, to convert visitors to your website to actual clients. All right, so let's dig into it. Number one is your website must make a great first impression. Of course, this might be obvious, but how you achieve that uh, might not be as obvious. So I don't want to say that the visual aesthetic of your website is the ultimate decision maker, right, for prospective clients. However, it could be an initial deal breaker within seconds for people who don't get a great first impression or who just are not engaged by your website long enough to even learn more about you or the services that you offer. Your branding and the overall look and impression of your website, it doesn't have to appeal to everyone, but it should be strategically designed to appeal to the type of client that you want to work with. Now, if you're thinking, well, I'll I'll work with anyone, I just want to get business in the door, certainly don't feel like you should or need to be turning clients away although actually there may be several reasons why you might want to do that. But when you are actually creating your overall brand and the design of your website and you want these to be cohesive, you want to have an ideal client in mind. You will attract more than just that ideal client, but by having that person in mind, it's going to help you get everything really dialed in and make sure that, The impression that you're giving is aligned with that person, that visitor, that you want to encourage to book a consultation with you and then hopefully retain your services. So there's many moving pieces that go into making a visually appealing website and also an engaging brand, but some basic design principles are key. So you want to use just a few colors that complement each other. And also, even consider the psychological effect of different colors, depending on what emotion you're trying to invoke in people. So, blue is a calming color, and red is the opposite of that. So, keep those things in mind. You want to choose fonts that complement one another and also fit well into your overall image. You also want to space photos and text throughout your homepage and every other page in an uncrowded and visually appealing way. So to achieve this and more, I don't recommend that you completely DIY your website unless you are in your own right a professional graphic designer and have a really great eye for design and are very comfortable putting these pieces together. You will be able to see the DIY element or others rather, will be able to see that DIY element of your brand. And when I started out, that's exactly what I did. I got a free template. I was hosting it on Wix. I spent quite a lot of time putting that together because I was on a very tight budget. And I had that for years. And truth be told, I did get clients even with that very DIY website. But there comes a time when you need to level up your game. I now know of other resources, which I'll share with you, that would have helped me avoid that DIY element right away. Because I can say, as an individual who is not a professional designer, no matter how much time I spent on that, even if it looked nice, you could look at it and there was just this je ne sais quoi element that was DIY. And what you don't want to do when you are presenting your firm's website is have the, the spaghetti necklace or the noodle necklace effect. The noodle necklace effect is when, you know, your child puts t- strings together the hard macaroni colored with, you know, Crayola markers onto a piece of yarn, ties it, and brings it home to you from preschool or kindergarten. And they're so proud of their creation. And through their eyes, it is a beautiful piece of art. And perhaps through your eyes as a mother, it it is the same. But then to every other objective uh, person looking at it, you know, it's a it's a noodle necklace. So sometimes we can't see that gap between what we've put together and we think looks really nice and that just professional edge that you're going to get from someone who is actually a true professional graphic designer. So, again, you'll see ads through platforms like Wix and Squarespace, telling you how quick and easy it is to create a unique and professional website in minutes with their free templates. And I would say if you have really no budget, even for the, the midline option that I'm going to present to you, if you have no budget for your website, yes, it, it actually is better to launch with Wix, launch with a free template. Do the best you can, keep it simple, and then upgrade from there. Like I said, I got business doing just that, but there are better options. So in reality, the free templates from Wix, Squarespace, and similar platforms are usually very bare bones in both design and functionality. And when all is said and done, I can promise you that it's it's going to look DIY, and ideally you don't want that. Now, do people really judge a book by its cover when it comes to the look of your website? I believe the answer is yes, sometimes at the very least, or probably more accurately, more than you think. I have had numerous, numerous people tell me that it was because they loved my website. Now, this is the current website, not the initial Wix website, that they love my website so much that that is why they booked a consultation with me. Now it's a separate question whether you really should be basing your choice of lawyer on a website, but most people are going to check out a few different options. And of those options, they are going to reach out to the person that most appeals to them, which can be impacted by many different factors and include, you know, the impression that they get from your website and, and many other things. So the more your website can relate to your ideal client, stand out from the others, and whatever else it takes to make a good impression, the better off you're going to be. And again, if that first impression is a poor one, then they might not get any further than a few mere seconds on your homepage before they're leaving. So as I see it, you have two good options. First, hire a web designer to build you a custom website. And if you go this route, of course, really examine their portfolio and consider web designers who don't just market themselves to law firms. These designers that market themselves specifically to law firms are probably going to produce you a website that looks like everybody else's law firm website. So keep that in mind. And just to give you a ballpark, when it comes to having a web designer build your website They typically have different packages. If you want like an absolute custom design where you have this very specific look in mind and you want this very unique functionality and they're really making it truly custom, um, then those are usually like $10,000 or up. Um, A more midterm option where the designer is working off of one of their own templates that they've created, but they're really personalizing it for you and and a lot can be done in that within that personalization they're personalizing it for you with your brand colors your fonts even the layout changing the layout of the website again a lot can be done in terms of customization then usually those packages are around 5000 or up if they're building it off of a template they have and typically those are called semi custom builds now the other more budget friendly option to go with is A designer who has created a website template that you purchase and you customize. This is what I did. And if you want to check it out, it's www.brandblahboutique.com. I'll leave that link below. And I used a template from Elizabeth McCravey. I'm also going to link her template shop in the show notes as well. So, what's really great about those templates, Elizabeth is certainly not the only one who has website templates for purchase. There are many others, but that's that's who I really like her templates personally and she has many different options but there are definitely others around the difference between a template that you pay for and a free one that you're going to get through Wix is night and day usually when you download or you know select a template from Wix or Squarespace that you're going to customize a lot of the really like visually appealing elements that they showed you in the example disappear. So it's an example of what could be done, but it's not necessarily built into the template that you get. And they also tend to be just more a little bit more sterile and commercial looking, in my opinion. So, for example, if you are familiar with stock photos, so like a photo that you could pay a small fee for the license or even get a free stock photo and its models that it's just a very commercial look And they're laughing, but it looks very like it just doesn't look very authentic. And it looks like a stock photo. And those type of stock photos tend to give off kind of a cheap and generic look. Uh, I think the same is true for most of those free templates that you're going to find. When you purchase a template, it's just usually a much more high-end, customized look And all of the elements that you're seeing in the example are going to be there for you. So a designer has put together the color combination for you of colors that go really well together and complement one another. They've picked out the fonts, and those are specifically chosen to complement one another and go along with the colors. Also, at least for Elizabeth McCravey's templates, she builds hers for a platform called Show It. And there are these different things called canvases. So basically, if you had a website pulled up and it's at the normal zoom in of a hundred, you, and you can only see a portion of the website. So you can't see the whole thing from like the top of the homepage all the way down to the credits. You can just see certain segments of it. Those segments as they change are called canvases and in elizabeth's templates and typically i would say most others as well you can mix and match the different canvases you can move them around you can borrow canvases that are built for other pages of the website and bring them over to the home page for example and vice versa and you can really make it your own it's like quite limitless when you consider all of the options elizabeth also has a online course that comes along with her templates that walks you through how to customize all of them. Now, I have an affiliate link linked below, but I will say I wrote out the notes for this episode before I was an affiliate because I recommend Elizabeth's templates to everyone. I mentioned them in the accelerator. I mentioned them to clients. I use them myself. And I just yesterday became an affiliate because I was thinking I should probably go ahead and get an affiliate link since I'm talking about them all the time. So I love those. But again, there are a lot of other options out there. So definitely take a look, shop around. And I think that this is the best middle of the road option if you don't want to hire a website designer to build a custom website. And certainly if you can at least budget for one of Elizabeth's templates or someone else's paid templates that you like, I would go that route before DIYing it completely. Oh, right, another component of making a great first impression is getting professional photos taken. So I know that sometimes it can be kind of scary to go get your photo taken, your headshots, but it's really important that you have professionally taken photos and you don't typically, in my opinion just want to do the, you know shoulder to shoulder headshots. So I would not recommend that you Procure your professional photos by going to like JCPenney or something and getting headshots taken at their photo studio. I recommend that you hire a professional photographer to do a shoot with you. Now, this could be a family photographer, it doesn't have to be a brand photographer, it could be really any photographer. You could go to a park and take pictures outside. If you have a home office that you like, that has good natural lighting, maybe that's a place that you could take photos. If you research in your city brand photographers, not every city has someone that specializes in brand photography, depending on where you're located, but typically brand photographers will have a set where they have a setup with a like a desk and an office looking area. And some places will even do your hair and makeup and have a lot of like wardrobe choices for you in all different sizes, the more all-inclusive packages. So that can be a fun way to treat yourself. But even again, if you are going to just find a photographer who is a, who does family shoots and hire them to do your portraits outside, maybe find a coffee shop somewhere. Definitely, if you're going to be doing a a venue that's a a private venue, not a public space, ask their permission to do photos before you plan for that to definitely be the location. But just call ahead and ask those questions. I've done the whole gamut. I have done brand photography on a set at my home, at a coffee shop, in a part, in multiple parks, on a beach, in a restaurant in South Africa. And yeah, all just all sorts of places. But I'll tell you one place I have not taken photos and I never say never, but I probably won't be doing this, but I've not taken photos outside of a court building standing in a suit because that is not in line with my overall brand. It's not probably also going to be something that my ideal client, who is typically a female entrepreneur in many different industries. Um, many of them are online entrepreneurs, but not exclusively online. But they're entrepreneurs. And um, that is probably not necessarily going to be a brand that appeals to them. So don't just look at the websites of other lawyers who probably had a website built by a web designer that specializes and markets itself to lawyers. And is going to generate a website that looks like every other lawyer's website in the city. And is wearing, you know, a stuffy suit and getting their professional photographs taken outside of the court building. Um, If you want that to be your brand and you think that that is going to attract your ideal client, then by all means. But don't feel like you need to put yourself in that box. You can certainly be more creative and flexible than that. And in line with that, consider your outfit choices. Consider the location and just every part of your photo shoot to meet your overall brand vision and also with your ideal client in mind. Now, depending on who you hire, these are conversations that you may be able to have with your photographer and they can make suggestions for the venue. Hopefully, they can also make suggestions for you for different poses and whatnot. Another thing that I didn't mention about the brand photographer is usually they are very familiar with the kind of photos that you will need for your website and for digital marketing purposes. So they're gonna have that in mind that okay, she's gonna need um, vertical shots and horizontal shots, and she's gonna need like very wide shots as well, possibly for some of the canvases of her website and things like that that a a regular photographer that doesn't deal with websites isn't working with a lot of businesses or people who are doing digital marketing, they might not consider those things necessarily. In addition, a good brand photographer is also going to consider your need for white space around you. And by that, I mean, let's say you're standing somewhere and literally you have um, a solid color, like a white wall or a brick wall or some wide space next to you where text can be placed. That's something that a photographer who, again, deals with businesses and websites and digital marketing is going to keep in mind, and a regular photographer might not. However, if you do hire that regular photographer, the family photographer in town, Consider what I just said at that time. Re-listen to this episode, maybe, and jot down those ideas and tell them, Hey, I need these shots for my website, for social media, for lead magnets, for building my email list. So I'm going to need vertical shots, horizontal shots, very wide angle shots. I'm also going to need shots where there's blank space around me where text can be added. Important things to keep in mind. And then just another point I wanted to add on this. Maybe not everyone is going to experience hesitancy around getting their photo taken. But I know that I have, particularly after my son was born, a postpartum, I didn't feel myself. I still don't feel myself, and he's three years old. I don't think I've actually, I'm speaking to myself here now and what I'm about to say to you, because I have not done a photo shoot besides his newborn photos and whatnot since he was born, because I still don't feel like myself. And I think it's just very common as women to feel that way. And what I would say to you, if that's where you are, and what I will say to myself is go find a great wrap dress. Wrap dresses are very forgiving. They're flattering to almost every body type. And you are your hardest critic. It's it, you really can't go as long as I've gone three years without updating your brand photography when you are a business, especially when you are a business who is marketing yourself online. Um, it is time for me to do that. And certainly if you are just starting your business, you don't want to rely on, you know, an old headshot that you took at, for your last employer. You want current and you want current photography that is on brand And also that makes it exciting to you to build this new website. Don't hide behind, you know, just stock photos and text on your website. People really want to see you. They want to see your face. They want to see and know who they're going to be working with. So definitely do not fall into the trap of, you know, it's going to be too uncomfortable to get my photo taken or, you know, I'll, I'll finally book a photo shoot. Once I get back to this size or something like that, don't you or I need to stop doing that? It's time for me to go book a photo shoot and, you know, practice what I preach here and get over it. Okay. Now, before we move on to point two, I want to talk about what not to do. Now, I mentioned the, you know, very typical type of website that you're going to see, probably if you were to Google your city name and then personal injury lawyer and you look at the first five results that come up, I bet there won't be a tremendous, tremendous difference between those five websites. Certainly the name, the pictures, the colors, you know, maybe the layout of the website might all be different, but they are going to give you a very similar impression. Whereas if you looked at the websites of the top like five restaurants in your town. I bet there's going to be more diversity in style and just overall impression in those restaurant websites than the law firms. We tend to really gravitate towards uniformity, don't we, in the legal industry. So don't be afraid to be creative. Another example of what not to do, and this is a true story. A friend recently sent me a link to a law firm website which her father had retained this law firm for estate planning. I'm not going to name any names. I'm not going to even name any states. I don't know how many websites are designed this way, though. So what I'm about to tell you, if you were to search thoroughly enough, may, may reveal them. But this website on the homepage had a bunch of pictures of goats. No pictures of people, but all pictures of goats. For an estate planning practice, just a bunch of pictures of goats. So also do not do that. All right. Number two, your website should make it abundantly clear what you can do to help your prospective clients. So when it comes to this, remember, focus on clarity over cleverness. Typically at the top of a website, you know, you may on the very, very top have the name of your firm a menu of different options where they can click your about page or services to contact you, whatnot. And then maybe you have an image and next to the image or somewhere on the image, you have like a tagline, if you will, or a sentence describing your firm, the overall focus of your practice area, whatnot. And when you are writing this line, again, focus on being really clear about how you specifically can help clients also communicating that in a way that makes sense to them and in which you're using language that is the same language they would use to describe their problem. So for example, let's say you have a firm that is an IP firm. Rather than saying something like that you are protecting their IP portfolio, that might be an appropriate line depending on what type of businesses and sizes of businesses you're targeting. But for me personally, for example, if most of my clients are small businesses, I either solo entrepreneurs or small businesses with uh, just a few staff members, then that's probably not how I want to word it. And so what my tagline, if you will, says right at the top of my website is, we help you legally protect your brand with trademark registration. So you couldn't be more clear. I'm telling them what the service is, why they would need that service, and I am communicating this immediately. So what not to do? Again, I'm not going to name names, but I'm pulling this from two websites that I saw recently. So one says their, their descriptive first line near their contact us button. Says over X years of collective experience in the blank, their geographical area. That's all it says. It doesn't tell me what their practice areas are. You know, you can say something like this on your homepage, but don't lead with it. Because by starting with a sentence like this, you are starting off by talking about yourself before you've even communicated exactly how you're going to solve a problem for your prospective client. Another one-liner at the top of a website simply said, "Local attorney comma, legal advice. Not enough information. Not enough information at all. What kind of legal advice? What is even your practice area? What problem are you solving for me? Local attorney didn't even say where that local area was. Way too general, obviously, and not making it abundantly clear from the get-go how you can help them. Number three. Your website should provide calls to action everywhere. And those calls to action, which I'll explain in a moment, should also connect them to an automated pipeline. So a call to action is going to be a button that they click to either book a call with you to submit an inquiry or to join your email list. So you are inviting them to take some kind of action to interact or connect with you. So sometimes you may think that you put a clear and prominent call to action on your website, but it might not really be so clear to visitors of the website. There should be more than one call to action on your homepage, not just at the top or the bottom. There should be multiple buttons where someone can click to get in touch with you, and they should be prominent. And again, this comes back to color and design. You want that to pop out. You don't want it to blend in. You want the text that's on top of the button to be very easy to read. You just want to make it very easy for them to find those calls to action. And you want to encourage that throughout the homepage as they scroll down and on other pages as well. Now, that leads me to point number four. Your website should connect to your client management system. So when someone clicks that call to action button, when they book a consultation with you, when they submit an inquiry, all of that information should automatically be pulled into your client management system and they should receive some immediate confirmation or, you know, some kind of message from you without you having to take any action. Ideally, they would receive even something of value from you before. They're even getting on a call. So that might be a PDF that you send them. It could be a list of frequently asked questions, some way that you are giving them more information about the topic that they're inquiring about or, you know, about your basic practice areas before they even get on a call. You can't really do that or you definitely can't do that without human involvement unless you have these systems of automation set up and you do not want to be the one having to manually do that i also don't recommend that you have a virtual assistant or or any other kind of office support being in charge of doing this because it can be delivered through technology so why not do that you're going to save yourself money and you're going to um avoid a lot of human error and you'll inevitably be able to provide them with that confirmation a lot quicker than if it was the responsibility of a human to communicate that. All right, so just to recap, your website should, one, make a great first impression. Two, make it abundantly clear how you help prospective clients. Three, provide calls to action everywhere. And four, your website should connect to your client management system. So I hope this was helpful for you. Again, I will have links down below that you can check out Elizabeth McCravey's templates. If you haven't done so already, I would really appreciate if you just took a minute to leave us a quick review. It really helps this podcast to grow and to get out in front of new people. So I hope this was enjoyable to you and I will see you next week. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me and really help us grow if you would take a moment to go to your podcast app where you listen and leave us a review. If you know a lawyer who you think would enjoy this podcast, please take a screenshot of your favorite episode and send it to them or tag them in a post. And before we leave, I just want to remind you that you are more than just a lawyer and you can lawyer on your own terms. I'll see you next week. If you're ready to build and grow a flexible virtual law practice, whether you're going solo for the first time or you have an existing practice but would like to be able to work less without sacrificing your income, our signature program, The Accelerator, is for you. The Accelerator is a six-month private, done-with-you mentorship program to provide you with the exact steps, strategies, and support that you need to build, launch, and grow a flexible virtual law practice. There's honestly nothing else in the marketplace like the accelerator, and we take a holistic approach to building a flexible law firm around the most important priorities in your life. Our unique combination of training materials, templates and private mentoring will fast track your transformation from burnout and missing out to a lawyer who looks forward to Monday mornings. By the end of the program, you will not only have all the information and tools you need to launch your flexible virtual firm, but we will have built out many of the back-end components of your firm together. You'll have a clear, personalized, and actionable business plan to operate and grow your practice with the confidence and support to do it. And last but certainly not least, you'll join a network of like-minded attorneys to grow with. Enrollment for the accelerator is open now at lawyeronyourterms.com/slash accelerator.